0: This program is brought to you by abiding above ministries. The title of this message is In Adam or In Christ? Question mark. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ Jesus? Which one are you? You want to be in Christ, but you may be here today and you're still in Adam. So I want us to look at that this morning. In Adam, in Christ. Where are you? Question mark. Well, if you have a copy of God's word, turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The first point I'd like to make is this. All of us came from Adam. The human race from the very beginning up to the present day can all be traced back to Adam. So here's the question. Are you an Adam or are you in Christ Jesus? So that's what we're looking at this morning. Listen, I love you, so listen. If you're still in Adam, that can change today. But if you die still in Adam, you'll, for all eternity, which never ends, be separated from God. This decision has to be made. It has to be made now while you're still alive, while you're still breathing. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us... Now, when he said, let us, there was no human beings on earth. So when God said, let us, he had to be talking about God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, what we know as the Trinity. So he says, let us make man in our image. This is how it all started. Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. What this is saying is we're made in the image of God and the likeness of God. I'm not saying that we're God. No way. That's what Lucifer's problem was, who we know is Satan. He wanted to be God. But the Bible teaches that we're made in the image and the likeness of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 26 says, For in the image of God he made man. You say, what does image mean? Image means the shadow or outline of a figure, while likeness denotes the resemblance of that shadow to the figure. And so the two words are practically synonymous. That man was made in the image and likeness of God is fundamental in all of God's dealings with man. It's like this shirt was made in the likeness and image of a man. But until I got in it, it did not have a man in it. God made us in such a way that God himself could live inside of us. Forever. This is what the Bible clearly teaches. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Okay. All of us came for dirt. Let's just get it over with. Nobody is better than anyone else on the faces of this earth since the beginning. We're all made out of dirt. We're dirty. We're man. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, or you could say many lives. Remember, we all came from Adam. Everybody did. The breath of life and man became a living being. So God created man by fashioning a body out of mud and clay transforming the clay into something new and then breathing life into it. God did all this. Man did not do this. Man did not create himself. God created man. Man is not the boss. God is the boss. And God loves us. And man seems to hate. Who do you want to follow? Man in this world system or God? Because ultimately we're going to breathe our last breath and we're going to stand before Him. And I want us to all to hear, well done, good, faithful servant. Amen? And so, just like God fashioned you in your mother's womb, it says in the Psalms, that God knew your unformed substance. God knew you before you even had a skeletal frame or a body because God is omniscient, And He knows all things. And so often I tell people when I'm up in New York in the Northeast and they hear me talk and they say, Where are you from? Because I'm Southern. And I'll say, I'm from the mind of God. Where are you? And boy, that starts a spiritual conversation almost every single time. And so God fashions you in your mother's womb. And I want to tell you something else. God has a plan for your life before He ever created your body. He already knows what He wants you to do on earth. The problem is, people don't know how to discover it. And I want to help people discover why they were created by God to begin with. My friend, you are a miracle. You say, yeah, well, I don't like this miracle. Well, I want to tell you, it's very unusual for any individual on the face of the earth to be walking around talking, listening, seeing, feeling. It's a miracle. From God, Uh, this breath of life that the Scripture mentions is a way of describing the infusion of the human spirit with its moral, intellectual, relational, and spiritual capacities. This breath of life makes humans distinct from animals. We're not animals. We're human beings, and we are higher than the animals on earth. So, this breath of life makes humans distinct from animals because... Not only do we have a body, we have a soul, but what makes us distinct is we have a human spirit. And it's the human spirit where the Holy Spirit lives if you've been born again. If you're no longer in Adam, but you're in Christ, that is the question here today. And so think about something here that Solomon, we know Solomon as the wisest man that ever lived. Listen to what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. Then the dust, talking about the body, will return to the earth as it was. And the spirit, talking about man's spirit, will return to God who gave it. We came from Adam who came from dirt. And the Bible says that when you and I pass away, the body goes back to the dirt, but the spirit of man and the soul of man lives forever and ever, either with God or with Satan. The Bible teaches, are you in Adam or are you in Christ Jesus? Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. This is how all human beings started. And so God takes a rib from Adam, closes up where he took it out, takes that rib and fashions a woman, and then he brings Eve to Adam. And Adam looked at her and said, whoa, man. And that's how she got named woman. Now in my wedding sermon, the one that I do mostly, I have something in there that was written by a man many years ago, and I believe it was quoted uh, by Matthew Henry in his commentary. But listen to what this man wrote about the relationship with a man and a woman. He said, from the dawn of civilization, there was only man. And God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. So he made a help meet for him. A woman is not to be man's competer, She is to be his completer. She was not taken out of man's head that she should control him. She was not taken out of man's feet that he should trot upon her. She was taken from near the heart that you should love her, from under the arm that you should protect her. That's God's original intention for a man and a woman. Remember, God created Adam and Eve. He did not create Adam and Steve. Mankind's got it backwards, but God does not have it backwards, my friend. Homosexuality is a sin, and it's not God's design, and it's so clear in Scripture. Stay away from that lifestyle. It is from hell itself. All right? Something happened to Adam and Eve, and... You have to really think about this. It can be a little complicated. But something happened to Adam and Eve. You see, God doesn't make junk, but mankind has messed up what God created and what he designed. You see, a lot of people want to blame what's going on in the world. They want to blame it on God. God created a perfect world. There was no sin with Adam and Eve. It was man that messed things up, not God. And you know, even after all the sin that came into the world for generations and generations, and people murdered one another, and and wars started, and all these things happened long after this first sin that we're going to read about. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. You see, it's not God that's unloving, it's man that's unloving. It's not God that's sinful, it's man that's sinful. God did not need anything when he created man. God created man to love him. God is love. And so something happened to Adam and Eve, and what they did affected all of us. Remember this. All of us came from the loins of Adam. Without Adam and Eve having sex, nobody would be here. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. You see this in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said, notice, to the woman, he went to the woman, not to Adam. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You know, it says, lest you die. That word, lest, means perhaps you die. God did not say that. God said, if you eat it, you'll die. You surely will die. Not perhaps. Surely will die. And so, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Look at that statement right there. First temptation messed the whole human race up, including your life and my life. Satan totally contradicted the one who created him, Adam, and Eve. He contradicted that one. And look, I love our country. I love this world of people because God created the people. But I want to tell you, people are going opposite of the ones who created them. People are doing this. Our leaders are doing this. And I want to tell you, I don't like using profanity. So I'm just going to say there's going to be judgment to pay. You cannot, I cannot walk independently of God. He's the one who created me. I did not create him. And he loves and mankind hates. So who do we want to walk with? I want to walk with God. He loves me. He lives in me. I want to walk with Him. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan said, I want to ascend to heaven to be like the Most High God. Satan wanted to usurp God. Have you ever seen someone get into an organization, some kind of a group, that the leader started? And then they come in real nice, but their motives are not right. They come in with a plan to take over what they did not build up. It's all a plan. That's what Satan is continuing to do even this very day. He's usurping God. He's working against a loving Heavenly Father. He's confusing people, and they're marching to his drum. We've got to tell them how to be born again. So, verse 6, Genesis 3, So when the woman saw that the tree was good, notice, when she saw, she's being tempted, Satan's using her eyes, he's using her ears, he's changing her mind about the one who created her to begin with. She's walking away. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. But notice this, she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Adam was standing there watching Satan tempt Eve. He was standing right there, stronger. God made man stronger. He made women more intelligent, <laughs> but he made us stronger. We're physically stronger than most women. He could have grabbed her by her ponytail and drug her away, but he didn't. She, more than likely, was already controlling her husband. A woman has a tendency to try to control. Some of the reasons that maybe some of your dads started drinking, and then the drink took the man. He didn't know how to deal with maybe your mother being very controlling. You see, a woman feels insecure. She has more fear than what a man does. And so she has a tendency to control, to protect herself. Well, then eventually a man feels dominated, and that goes against what God put in him to be the leader. And this goes on and on, and eventually he begins to take a drug or he begins to drink because he doesn't know how to deal with her. Next thing you know, he just it's easier for him to stay away from her because she's always controlling. He feels like he cannot breathe. This has been going on long before you and I were born. It started in the garden. Adam allowed Eve to control him. Instead of stopping her, he followed her. But since Adam was the head of the human race, it was his sin, not hers. It was his sin that messed all of us up. We're going to see more in just a moment. And so, she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. He watched her be tempted. He did not push Satan away. He allowed it to happen, and then when it was given to him, he ate just like his wife ate. This is where our sin nature came from. This is where it all started. The reason you and I want to do things we should not do, it all started right here. And that sin nature was handed down through humanity. It all originated with Adam. And then every child that's ever been born since that happened is born a sinner separated from God. The reason we have to teach our children how to behave is because they come into this world at delivery, knowing how to misbehave. It is the sinful nature that every human being on this planet that's ever been born, no matter where, are all born with this sinful nature. And it is what our ultimate problem is on this earth. So. When Adam ate the forbidden fruit, we were in him. When he sinned, we sinned. Now, I know that does not sound fair. And I remember a long time ago, I said, I didn't ask for this sin nature, but it's what has happened. And it's obvious that it's real, it's true. Whether you read the Bible, of course, it talks about sin. But just walk out here and live the rest of this day. Just live your life here, here in the city. And it's obvious. A sin nature is in everybody. You can't miss it unless you've been blinded or somebody's deceived you to tell you there's no such thing as sin. It's everywhere we looked. When Adam sinned, we sinned. Genesis chapter four, verse one. Now Adam knew his wife and she conceived and then you and I were born. Let's be reminded of this. Adam was created in the image of God. We are all created in the image of Adam. God created Adam in his image. But we were created inside of Eve through Adam. So we're created in the image of Adam, in his fallen nature. That's why we come out of our moms sinning. We struggle with this, separated from God. Why do people have an inner emptiness? This is why. We're created in the image of Adam who was created in the image of God. We were created in his image and his likeness. So therefore, God created us to live inside of us. This shirt was sewn together for a man to be inside of it. What is this inner emptiness that people are feeling all over the world? They call it a God-shaped vacuum. If he's not there, something's missing. And people live their lives trying to fill this inner emptiness that they don't even know where it comes from. And so they try to fill it with becoming famous. They want to be popular. They try to be beautiful or handsome. And so they work at trying to look perfect, trying to fill this void inside of them. All the while, is supposed to be filled by the one who created them to begin with. Satan, who tempted and deceived Eve, does not want anyone here to know this. He's deceiving and making people think that I've got the answer to what you really are striving and what you really need. I've got the answer. That's what's going on. So you open up a magazine. There's all kind of pictures that's presented to you as if you will buy this you'll experience this. If you do this, you'll look this way. If you'll do this, you'll have this. Everything coming at us, just like Satan tempting Eve, everything coming at us is a temptation to try to satisfy an emptiness inside that I don't understand. That's why people take drugs. They're trying to fill this inner emptiness. It is the sinful nature that we have We inherited that from Adam. You say, how did this happen? Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, talking about Adam, sin entered the world. Hey, look, and what came with it? Death came through sin. And thus death spread to all men, talking about you and I, because all sin. The reason we physically die, the reason we're all getting older every single day, is because sin came into the world, and death came with that sin. That's why you and I are physically dying. You say, "Yeah, but if you're in Christ and God's your Father in heaven, uh, why do we die?" It's because of sin. But thank God, Jesus Christ paid the price of the sin. Well, if He paid the price of the sin, why are we dying? Listen, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. My friend, listen. This is not our home. Our home is heaven. Thank God we're dying daily and getting closer to the heaven that never ends. It's not going to be like this in heaven because there's going to be no more sin in heaven. Therefore, just as one man, talking about Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, talking about us, because all sin. Romans 5, 19 says, for as by one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, for by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners, you and I. That's how we know from Scripture. Sin came into the world through the first man, Adam. And every child that's ever been born since then, that sin nature has been passed on, still happening to this very day, this sin that separates man from God. And so the fact that Adam is blamed for the fall of mankind in these verses show the headship of a man and his family. You see... A woman is not to be man's computer; She's to be his completer. Man is the head of the home. But when men get so frustrated and slack off, women just gather up and they try to make it happen. And that's when the family unit falls completely apart. That's when crime rises, addiction to prescription drugs rise, and confusion. When man goes against a loving God's word, it always goes downhill, and it all started right there in Genesis with the first man and the first woman. Romans 3.23 says, for all, that means all of us, you and I, all of us, for all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. So what does all this mean? Everything I've been saying, starting from the very first book of the Bible, speaking primarily of sin, what does all this mean? We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are born sinners and by nature are children of wrath. So my actions are not causing me to be a sinner. I was born a sinner separated from God, and because of that, I sin. I have actions of sin. So a lost person, a person without Christ, it's just as much a sinner separated from God when he is asleep as when he is awake and having actions of sin. So in other words, we're all born in Adam. We must be born again in Christ. But when you're born in Adam, when you go to bed at night, you're a sinner. When you wake up in the morning, you're a sinner. When you go and lie down and sleep all night, you're a sinner while you're asleep. Even when you're not committing actions of sins, you're still in a state of sin because you're born that way, in Adam. So, he's in a state of sin, he's in Adam, and he's not in Christ because we're born this way. It all happened, it all started in the garden with Adam and Eve and it's been passed on to us. Now, listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1-3. through 3. Listen carefully to this. He's talking to them because they're no longer in Adam. They're in Christ. Now, he's talking to them not as sinners, but he's talking to them as saints. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Notice, he's talking to believers, those who believed in Christ. And he said, you've been made alive. Well, what was I before I was made alive? He said, dead in trespasses and sins. When did that happen? You came out of your mother's womb, separated from God, dead in trespasses and sins, spiritually dead. But now he's saying, you have been made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of, notice, the course of this world. This world system that you see when you walk out of here, traces all that back to Adam. The problem that you see is three letters, S-I-N. Sin. Our leaders will not use that word. It is the root of everything that's wrong. They call it other things. That is a lie straight out of hell. Our problem on the face of this earth, every country, every person, is three letters, S-I-N. And it's what Jesus came to take upon himself and die out with. So Paul, talking to the church in Ephesus, said, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is the prince of the power of the air? It's Satan. It's Satan. That's what's happening. He's ruining this world system and we're not putting the blame where it is. Sin, Satan. Sin, Satan. Sin, Satan. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now, listen, works in the sons, notice sons of disobedient. Who are the sons of disobedience? Remember, Adam disobeyed God. He was put out of the garden. He began to age and eventually he died because death came with the sin. Who are the sons of disobedient? This is who they are. All those who are still in Adam are the sons of disobedience. All those who are in Christ are the sons and daughters of God. So this is the question. I see a lot of people who say uh, that they're Christians. They sure don't act like it. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you. And if they followed you and listened to you, they probably would say the same thing. Only Jesus was perfect. But at some point, my friend, You must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be in Christ and no longer in Adam and then from ever let the Holy Spirit control you. So he says, the Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were, notice, by nature children of wrath. You know what this is saying? It's saying that we all came from the first man, Adam. When he sinned, we were all in him. And so we sinned. so we come out of the womb with a sinful nature. It says it right here in Scripture. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Talking about the sons of disobedience. So you say, well, what does this mean? He says we're dead. We were dead in trespasses. The Greek word translated trespass is paraptamon which means a falling aside when one should have stood upright. This word conveys the idea of falling aside from truth and uprightness. We were also dead in sins. The word translated sins derived from hamartia, which means to miss the mark, to wander from the right path, to go wrong, to do wrong. And so we're born sinners separated from God. And I know you're thinking what I used to think. This is so unfair. I did not ask to be born in a sinful society. Listen, Jesus Christ was sinless. He became man's sin and paid the price that was owed. That's not fair either. You know what that's called? The love, mercy, and grace of God. My friend, listen, I know this seems unfair. The answer is the cross of Christ. My friend, listen, we're all going to die. Do you want to die and go to hell or you want to die and go to heaven? The Bible has the only answers. You can't believe what you read anymore, anywhere. Whether it's your phone, whether it's a book, a newspaper, you can't believe it. You don't know what you're hearing. Are they sons and daughters of the disobedient one? Are they trying to deceive? The only thing we have on the face of this earth, my friend, is the Bible, the Word of God. That's all we have. That's all that we all have. And we all are in the same boat. We're going to physically die, and there is no way it can be stopped. You cannot be stopped. We will physically die. John Phillips, who wrote the Exploring Series commentary, he said this. He said, the fact that people are spiritually dead explains much that goes on in the name of religion, philosophy, science, culture, education, and politics. Because the robber, murderer, drunkard, rapist, and child abuser are so obviously evil, we readily agree that they are sinners. In our hearts, we consider ourselves to be respectable citizens. Since we do none of these things, you know what the biggest danger is? To be a good person, to be moral, to help your neighbor, to pay your debts, pay your bills, to work hard, but reject Christ because I am a good person. That is the most dangerous spot to be in on the face of the earth. Some people think that they're going to go to heaven because they're nice to people. What they need to realize, according to the word of God, all of us came from Adam. When he sinned, we sinned. All we have is the cross of Christ. That is the danger, especially in this southern culture. I grew up in the southern culture. People are, for the most part, people are nice from where I grew up, down in the country. People are nice. They're hospitable. The danger is sometimes people who are very nice think, I'm a child of God, but if you were to ask them this question, what's two plus two? They would tell you four. If you were to say, how do you get to heaven when you die? They can't answer you. They never mention the cross. They never mention sin. They never mention His blood, His death. None of it's never mentioned, but they are nice people. I love you, so listen. To die without Christ The Bible teaches an eternal hell, and you can never come out of there. The decision has to be made now. It has to be made now. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, that we read a moment ago, brings us face to face with the reality of sin, that it is not always obvious, but all of us were born in a state of sin. The truth from God's Word is that we were sinners by birth, by choice, and by practice. There's an old saying, I say it a lot. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. And what we're seeing is three letters. S-I-N. I still struggle with sin myself. But thank God, Jesus Christ died for all sin once and what? For all at the cross. And I rest on that to cover the sin when I sin. Praise God for His grace. So, without salvation, without Christ, there is no connection, no spiritual life. But praise God. Praise God. After all that, all that talk about being in Adam, or are you in Christ? Question mark. The title of the message. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Take heart, my friend. Therefore, as through one man's offense, talking about Adam, he ate the fruit that God said do not eat, he ate it. That was the first sin. Therefore, as through one man's offense, Adam, judgment came to all men. What that's saying that all of us that's ever been born since Adam, judgment has come to us. Even Billy Graham, even the Pope, all of us are born separated from God and under judgment. Therefore, as Through one man's offense, talking about Adam, judgment came to all men, talking about you and I, resulting in condemnation. I don't like the word condemnation. I don't like the word condemn. But that is what the Bible says. Listen, if you're still in Adam without Christ, you're condemned until you believe. And that's not God being mean. It is man being sinful. It's not God's fault. It's man's fault. And so resulting in condemnation, but then listen to this beautiful thing right here. There's a comma, Romans 5.18, then it says, Even so, through one man's righteous act, Jesus, the free gift came to all, me and you. This is the problem. Satan is so blinded the minds of human beings. People are so addicted to so many things They're distracted at everything they see and everything they hear and everything they feel. And then their life slips by and they never believe and receive Christ. They die in Adam and it's forever, my friend. It's forever. They're condemned in that state forever. I know that word sounds negative, but it is what the Bible says. It's condemning. And it doesn't mean that God's in heaven like we've been wrongly taught. Sitting up in heaven, angry look on his face. Can't wait to get you. No, he got Jesus in your plate as your substitute. But my friend, listen, that can't be applied to you until you first believe and receive. And then you know what the Bible says when you do that? There is no more condemnation for those who are aware in Christ Jesus. No longer in Adam, in Christ forever. But each person has to make that decision. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who himself, talking about Jesus, he bore our sins. What sins, Chris? The ones you inherited from Adam, or that sinful nature you inherited from Adam, and all actions of sins you would ever commit. Jesus took all that upon him. He was sinless. He took it all upon him in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. My friend, listen, that is positive. That's why the gospel is good news. But my friend, listen, until you hear the bad news, you may not appreciate the good news. God forgives us completely. Hebrews ten seventeen says their sins and iniquities. Will I remember no more? Their sins will I remember no more. I want you to think of this. Think of God. God is eternal. God was never born. God will never die. God is eternal. And he's perfect. There is no sin. God, from that eternal position, he created the earth. He populated the earth, starting with Adam Eve. We use wristwatch. We use calendars. Time controls us on earth. There was a beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But look, God was never created himself. God never had a beginning. He has always existed. He created this earth, populated with mankind. We have a time, there's a beginning, and there's coming an end, my friend. There's coming an end. Your life will end for certain. But there's coming an end when Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. And things as we know it, it's going to change. So think about this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When did he do that, Chris? He did it more than 2,000 years ago. Christ died on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Guess what? You and I were not even born yet. So how do we say this applies to us? We weren't even born when he died on a cross on Mount Calvary in Jerusalem. We were not born yet. So if we say, well, I'm a child of God, he took my sin upon him and he died out with it. My friend, listen. How did he do that if you hadn't been born yet so you hadn't committed any sins? How did he die for him? This is how. God the Father knows everything. He's omniscient. He knew you before the foundation of the world. He knew everything you would do good or bad and everything you and I did sinful he saw that before we were even born. He saw that on the cross of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died there. He was innocent. He became all of that sin before we were even born. So that can tell you this. What sin you commit next month, if you truly are a child of God, even that sin was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's called grace. G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ Christ expense. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.